0: Uh, It is so good to see so many of you and some new faces in the crowd, I'm sure, some online. Glad to have you. We are pushing our way through the book of Colossians. This book was written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Colossae. We're going to continue making our way through this great book. This is a short epistle, as you all know by now, but I tell you what, what it lacks in size, it more than compensates in content, does it not? not. This book is so very concentrated. It is rich. In the first two chapters, if you're joining us, in the first two chapters, what we see is the Apostle Paul drilling down on what Christians are to believe. And in that, he's focusing on what Christians are to believe about the Lord Jesus Christ and what Christians are to believe about who they are in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in chapters 3 and 4, Paul begins to drill down on how Christians are to behave. And so he gets very practical with respect to that. And we are in chapter 3, and we've made our way through the first 17 verses of this great chapter. And I think Mark referred to it earlier this week. We, we finished off those last three verses, verses 15 through 17, which I could not cover last week. And that was sent out on my MBT if you did not get that, so uh, that is available to you as well. But we're in chapter 3, and what we've seen in these verses, verses 8 through 17 in particular, Paul actually indirectly began dealing with relationships as he began telling us as believers the things that we are to put on. And these things that we are to put on, they bring glory to God because these traits are like Christ and so when we put these traits on we look like him which pleases the father which is the ultimate goal but then in verses 8 through 17 in particular he's he's focusing on how these traits now help us to stay in right relationship with one another but in verse 18 he gets very specific from a relationship standpoint because now he begins to focus on the home That's where his focus shifts, and as we approach this, as we approach this discussion, this relationship focus beginning with the home, this is very important. It's so very important, and we all have to get this. From God's perspective, the most significant perspective to have in life is God's. That is the most significant perspective to have in life, is God's perspective. That is, you want to see everything from God's perspective. You want to see everything the way that God does. That's ultimate. And what God has done is God has both inspired and preserved his word so that you can have just that so that you can see everything from his perspective. This is one of the reasons you have the Word of God. And having said that, if we're talking about the home, if we're talking about marriage and family, God's perspective is everything. You cannot, I cannot afford to not have it. We see this in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. You see the first human institution that was both created and ordained by God was the home. It wasn't the civil government or the church, but it was the home. So that tells you how important the home is. And there is no shortage of research that's been done over the years that tell us that the health of any society is tied directly to the home as God created and designed it. Very important. Now, with all that being said, you do have, I have, a very serious and weighty question to consider. And it is this. Which perspective are you truly interested in? Which perspective are you truly interested in? Which one do you really want? Marriage and parenting, these can be very explosive, very charged topics. They are. And there are no shortage of opinions and experts on them, but since God, and this is important because this is so lost so often, but since God is the author of the family, He's the author, and he is the creator of the family, of the home. And since he has given us a perfect text, then God has to stand alone as the ultimate expert when we're talking about the family. We must remember that marriage in particular was not Adam's idea, it was God's. Adam didn't go to God and say, hey, you know what, I've got a great idea. What do you think about the home? What if you gave me a wife and we had a family? No, 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 this was God's idea. So he is the expert. So if you are only interested in God's perspective, listen, as long as it doesn't challenge or disrupt yours too much, then you will find reasons for why this series is unacceptable to you. Why the scriptures are lacking. And on and on and on. But if you are saying, you know what? I really am interested in God's perspective. I really want to know what God has to say about marriage. I really want to know what God has to say about training children. Well then, join me here in verse 18 of Colossians chapter 3. Lord, as we approach your holy word, please help us to quiet our minds, quiet our hearts, humble ourselves before you. God, your word is perfect. We are not. I am not. But God, let us just embrace what you have to say without excuse. Let us run with it. And when we do, not only will we please you, Father, but we will have the kind of families that we all really enjoy, because your plan, your way, they're perfect. Help us now, in Jesus' name, amen. Verse 18, Colossians chapter 3, Paul said, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Now, this will be our only focus today. We're only going to address the wives. We will address the husbands next week, and I would imagine right now, all of a sudden, maybe a few ladies are just remembering they left the curling iron on. And they need to rush home and turn it off to make sure the house doesn't burn down, and then next week we'll see what the fellas come up with in terms of what they forgot and why they need to get home and excuse themselves from being amongst us. But Paul clearly addressed wives first, and why did he do that? Well, if you remember, in chapter 2 and verse 5, we came across this word order. And this was something that Paul commended this church for. He commended them for their order, for maintaining order. And as we discussed back then, this word order, it, it has a military meaning and scope, right? It has in view a fixed succession of rank. This is where he's coming from. So what we have to understand, contrary to popular opinion, God is very passionate and very order and structure driven. God is not sloppy or chaotic or, no, he is very ordered and structured in how he goes about everything and we find this in the very Godhead. Consider 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 in your notes. Paul wrote, But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. So the accusation against Scripture being chauvinistic dies right here, as well as many other places. Because even though the Lord Jesus Christ himself is equal with God, he functions in submission to him. Because God is about order and structure. So the reason that Paul addressed wives first is because of order. Notice how it rolls out. Look at verse 18, he addresses wives. In verse 19, he then addresses the husband. And then if you look in verse 20, he addresses children, and then in verse 21, he addresses fathers, and then he addresses servants or employees in verse 22, and then masters or employers in chapter 4, verse 1. So what he did was, was he addressed every relationship group by rank, which is why he addressed wives first. Again, that is not chauvinistic. That is just God showing you that he is very ordered and structured in how he does everything. Paul followed the same order in Ephesians chapter 5 and 6, and then Peter, the same in 1 Peter chapter 3. Now, I understand how unpopular all that is in 2021. I get that. But here is what I have observed over the years. Believers in particular who find what we're talking about right now to be outdated, archaic, expired, are not thriving in marriage. Whenever you look at God's Word and say, you know what, that doesn't fit, that doesn't work for me, that sounds very traditional or very old-schooled, and I'm going to do something else. Okay, you can do that, you have a free will, but just remember this, you were not the architect of marriage, God was. You will never know more, and you will never know better than God when it comes to marriage. God can run laps around you for 10,000 eternities when it comes to marriage, and me. But to my sisters in Christ, (laughs) this is so very simple. Your role, as we're going to see, essentially boils down to two things. Relinquish and reverence. Now, there are many other things that fall under both of those categories, but at the highest level, what you're going to see today is your role simply comes down to relinquishing and reverencing. It's that simple. Now, to the wives, Paul instructed them to submit to their own husbands, and that phrase, submit yourselves, it means to subordinate, which, as you see in your notes, it refers to being inferior in order. Now, a wife is not inferior to her husband in status or equality, but she is inferior to her husband in order or rank. This is what the Bible teaches, not Kenny Morgan. In other words, she is not over him. Ladies, this is why... You only lose with God when you think, speak, and act as if you outrank your husband. You lose with God, because that's out of order. Another institution that is ordained of God, as we see in Romans 13 and other places, is the civil or human government. As we know by now, without the civil government, without police officers and things like that, society would be complete chaos, anarchy. The home is no different. There must be structure and order. Without it, you're going to have chaos in the home. And this is one of the reasons why we have chaos in the home, is because believers Are acting out of order. We've got husbands acting like wives and wives acting like husbands. That's out of order. (laughs) That doesn't work. Now, ladies, this is extremely important. The Apostle Paul did not issue an apology when he instructed wives to submit to their own husbands. He did not issue an apology or an explanation or here's why. No, 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 he said it. An apology is required when we have said or done something wrong. This was not wrong. (laughs) Nor is it wrong. Paul was writing or dictating under the inspiration of God and was moved to give that instruction. So often, when it comes to a verse like this, or verse is like it, what I've seen many teachers do is they start just tripping over themselves, trying to soften it, and trying to apologize for God subtly. It's like, yeah, I know this is, ooh, sorry. So here, let me tell you what he's really saying here and what he's what he's not really saying here, and as if like, listen, the Bible tells us, as for God, his way is perfect. Psalm eighteen, verse thirty. So. There's never a reason to apologize for God because He's perfect. His way is perfect, His word is perfect. And ladies, I've heard some Christian women, some Christian wives say, "You know, I'm just not. I'm not that type. I'm not the submissive, meek, and quiet type. I I I don't have that type of personality. I'm just that. That just doesn't fit me. I'm very. uh, I'm very self-assured. I'm very confident." And, and I, 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 I don't need to put myself under, so that might work for those who are born with that type B personality, and they're just so nice and sweet, and oh, that's so great for them, but, but that doesn't work for me. Ladies, submission has nothing to do with personality. Submission has everything to do with spiritual maturity. whether you are type B or or you're type A or whether you're this or that, whether your mother was a type A and she bulldozed your father and all of those things, when it comes to Scripture, that is irrelevant. This is what we see, ladies, beginning in verse 12 when we're talking about spiritual maturity. Bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. If you have not put those things on, listen, not only will you never submit to your husband, but you'll never submit to God. It takes a merciful believer, it takes a kind woman, it takes a humble woman, it takes a meek woman, to submit herself to God first. And then she will submit to her husband. If you have not put these things on, you are hurting your marriage significantly. So ladies, the first area of focus for you as a wife is to simply relinquish. Just relinquish. This is to give something up. What is it that you're to give up? Well, Paul tells us, ladies, in verse 18, yourselves. Submit yourselves. Your life. Your life. We're talking about your rights, your expectations, your opinions, control, your ambitions. Everything. You give it up. You relinquish it. Lord, this marriage is not about me. <laughs> it's only about you. Is that what Paul really meant? Well, I'll tell you what, when we compare Scripture with Scripture, I have to say so. Would you look at Ephesians five twenty four in your notes? Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ... So let the wives be to their own husbands in some things. When they agree. When they appreciate or approve of his decision or his behavior. Is that what the Bible says? Can we look at it again? Uh, Let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Boy, this is so hard to swallow, isn't it? Ladies, my sisters in Christ, nothing but love for you this morning. I promise you. And I'll be honest, I'm burdened for you because I know what you're bombarded with every day on the TV and through the media and what's what you're surrounded by. It's not this. My heart is heavy. My heart is heavy. Listen, I, I am not like standing here this morning and going, man, yeah, I get to really. No, I'm like, Lord, help my sisters. Soften their hearts, Lord. Open their minds. Let them receive your word. Does the church have rights, expectations, opinions, control, and ambitions before Christ? No. Can you imagine? Well, Lord, in my opinion, do you think the lord cares about my opinion no he's given me his on everything that's absurd right would it not be absurd for you and i to think that the lord wants to really hear what we think and what we believe to be best and our goals and i mean that's absolute absurdity but ladies it is as absurd when as a wife you are so very opinionated and outspoken to your husband. Well, here's what I think. In my opinion, this is what we ought to do. Well, why are we doing that? Wait a minute. What's happening here? Ladies, if I can share a biblical principle with you that I, too, am held to it's this. How we communicate must be in accordance to rank. How we communicate must be in accordance to rank. Okay? I'm looking at Arnold here wearing his fine Connections t-shirt next to his wife, Linda, but no disrespect to Arnold. I love Arnold. He's a good brother. He's a good man, but the way I communicate to Arnold is different from how I communicate to Sam. Why is that? Is it because Sam is better than Arnold? No, it's because of rank. Ladies, the, god, the Word of God gave you this in First Peter chapter three, verse six, Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham calling him Lord. Was he a God? No, no. She understood his place. She understood his rank. Ladies, when you address your husband, it should be clear to him. It should be clear to your husband when you address him that you recognize and you respect his place. Your husband should never feel like you are addressing him as if he's eight or ten. It should be clear, I recognize before the Lord, I am communicating up. God forbid that I would boast, but it is not uncommon for me, whenever Sam addresses me, I will respond with, yes sir, or no sir. Am I man-pleasing? Am I trying to show off? Am I No, not at all. It's my way of reminding me, you know what? I'm communicating up. He's over me in the Lord. Ladies, in relinquishing, it means that your chief focus in marriage is to glorify God by following and helping your husband. That's it. That's your focus. I'm I'm following you and I'm helping you. That's it. That, that, that's my heart. That's my mind. That's my focus. It's not about me. And that's going to look different, marriage to marriage. How Lori helps me will be different from how Carla can help Mark. That, that, that's, ladies, what you want to know is, as you're following your husband, how would the Lord have me to help him? But what I've seen too many times is I've seen too many women get married, but they haven't relinquished their life to the Lord yet. And so, yes, she's a wife, but she's going about life with her vision, her personal goals, her personal ambitions, her interests, and her husband is just along for the ride. Wherever he can fit in is where he needs to get in, but... But I've got dreams and plans and I've read the books and I'm drinking the Kool-Aid from the media and they're all telling me what a woman should look like in 2021 and it doesn't gel with what Paul says in Colossians 3.18. That's not biblical, ladies. If I could, this won't be exhaustive, but I think it will help. I want to just give you a snapshot of a a relinquishing wife. And if I can confess, this derived from me just studying my wife, because I believe that her heart is set to this. But a relinquishing wife, she desires to please God above all. This is this woman. Her heart is, Lord, I don't care what it is. If it pleases you, which means, God, it's in agreement with your word, I'm all in and I'm all about it. I just want to please you. And this is what drives her submission to God. Does she submit because her husband is perfect and he deserves it and he's worthy? And That's not why she submits. She submits because she knows it pleases God. That's why even if he's being difficult, unreasonable, all of that, she says, Lord, I know what you've told me. For your glory, by your grace, I'm going to do it. She desires to help her husband. Her professional pursuits, personal interests, desires, all take a back seat at best to this. Even if she has a thriving career, her heart behind it is to help her husband. She is so obsessed with helping her husband that she is not preoccupied with what her husband could be or should be doing for her. She's only preoccupied with what she could and should be doing for him. She desires to be with her husband. We obviously get the physical intimacy implications of this, but ladies, what we read in Genesis 2, 22 and 23, and it sads me because I believe, and this is hurting more than a few marriages, but too many have lost sight of the fact that, listen, the Bible tells us very carefully that God brought the woman unto the man. God didn't bring the man unto the woman. He brought the woman unto the man. Not the other way around. She was also bones of Adam's bones and flesh of Adam's flesh. You know what? The relinquishing wife, you know where she wants to be? She wants to be wherever her husband is. That's where she wants to be. Wherever he's at, that's where I want to be. I want to be with him. She's not trying to get him on her page or into what she's into. While she may know nothing about football or fishing, she is delighted just to be next to him. One of the things that I I do appreciate about my wife is, many of you know I'm a a big football fan, and I'll just tell you, Lori knows uh, enough about football, maybe just as much as Jeff Gray, okay? Which Which is next to nothing, okay? I'm not sure that Jeff Gray knows the difference between a football and a basketball, okay? I think Lori's got you beat there. I think you may even know what a first down is. Jeff, I would even ask. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, good answer. My wife, she, she can really care less, but she knows that I've been a football fan my whole life, and she knows that on Saturdays, that's a big day for my son and me. We're going to sit down, and we're going to watch the Michigan game. And you know what she'll ask me often during the week? Hey, what food would you like for the game? She just wants that to be special for me as much as it can be. You know what she's done? Man, she'll decorate the whole house. Some of you have been to my home on those days. and Man, she'll decorate the house and the, the team colors, and she'll make cupcakes with the colors of the team. And she'll put on a Michigan jersey, or she'll put on a Michigan cap, and again, she could care less. You know what? All she cares about is That's where you are, and that's what you're into, so I'm there. Not, well, how many games are you going to watch? And every weekend, all she does, to make her point every year, she puts a nice little sign out in the living room that says this, we interrupt this marriage for football season. (laughs) That's all she does. She just wants to help me. She just wants to be where I am, whether it's in ministry life or something trivial like football. She just wants to be there. This woman desires to honor her husband in her speech. When this woman speaks to and about her husband, it is wise and kind, like the virtuous woman in Proverbs. Ladies, listen, even in disagreement. ladies, please hear me. Disagreement does not grant you a license to behave out of order. He's still over you. Ladies, these things are worth reflecting on. They really are. Now, while Paul did not issue an apology for instructing wives to submit, he did issue two caveats, and we're going to address those very quickly. One, he Told wives to submit themselves unto their own husbands. So, ladies, you are not obligated to submit to every man. Again, the Bible is not advocating male chauvinism. This is to your husband. And while wives are under submission to their pastors in the local church, that submission should never undermine the authority of her husband unless her husband is out of bounds biblically. That's important. So, if I can just speak to the leaders and growing and developing leaders, this is something that I have tried to hold myself to, but be very careful with your expectations and ministry of another man's wife. Be careful with that. Sometimes pastors have overstepped in this regard, and I'm very pleased to work with some great people in ministry and Those men come to that table with me, and their wives also come. But I am primarily addressing the husband, and he gets to determine how his wife helps him in that. The second caveat is, as it is fit in the Lord. So as long as a husband is operating within the lines of Scripture, a wife is to submit. However, she is not to submit when he is demanding... Something of her that doesn't agree with God's word, that's clear. That would not be fit in the Lord. So, ladies, if you are, please hear me, if you are being mentally, verbally, or physically abused, first and foremost, take that to the Lord. Okay? No man has the right to play God in your life, no husband has unlimited authority, only God does. But if you are in danger, if you are uncomfortable, not only does the Lord need to know that, but I need to know that. That's not what God signs you up for. Finally, ladies, the second area of focus is reverence. Ephesians 5.33, nevertheless, let every one of you, in particular, so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Now, Paul was not commanding wives to worship their husbands. We should understand that. That would be idolatry, so that can't be the command. But what I will say, ladies, what Paul was saying is you must have a great respect for your husband. Sadly, I've seen wives reverence pastors in the church, but not reverence their their husbands at home. And that might look good to the pastor, but it's actually hypocritical because the reverence that you are giving a pastor, it's only for the sake of some spiritual appearance that you want to maintain. But if you're reverencing me, you're reverencing Sam, but yet you're trashing your husband and treating him like dirt, God sees that. (laughs) And so does your husband. Ladies, here's where I'm going. Your husband needs to know that in your eyes, he is a very big deal. Your husband needs to know in your eyes, if I can get street, he's the man. He's the man. You know, I don't really get it, but Lori believes I can write books. I'm thinking, it'd be a miracle just to pull one off. (laughs) He's like, oh no, you can write books. She thinks, she thinks that I'd make a fine senior pastor someday. What are you waiting on? Let's go do this. You can do this. You'd be a great senior pastor. You'd be, we'd have a great church. Like, who do you think I am? You know she thinks. She thinks I'm a very good leader. And she thinks I'm an exceptional father. Now, I'll promise, I'm not boasting, ladies. I'm just telling you, know, how do I know all that? Because she tells me. She says those things to me. And if I'm honest, I'm like, well, Lord, I know I'm not all that. I know I'm just a man, but but Lord, praise the Lord. I'm, I'm just thankful that she thinks I'm something. I'm a big deal to her. Who wouldn't want to come home to that? Ladies, let me give you a snapshot of a reverencing wife. She thinks very highly of her husband. She thinks very highly of her husband. Brothers, I, I expect some tips this week. I expect some, some texts, some emails. Brother, I love you. I think very highly of you, too. <laughs> <laughs> no. I better hear from you, man. <laughs> Ladies, if you have a low view of your husband, I promise you he knows it and it stings and it burns. That you don't think very highly of him. Charity thinketh no evil. Ladies, I know he's far from perfect. And ladies, I'm sorry to tell you, I am so sorry to tell you, I am too. I am so far from perfect. I'm sorry. And so is every man around you, but your husband. He does possess some good qualities, does he not? And there are some things that he does well. Choose to think on those things. Don't think about this, don't have this running list in your head. Oh man, you know, he's horrible at this and he's horrible at that. And I'm so, oh, when is he going to get it together? It's just like, don't think of your husband like that. Can you imagine if God focused on your list of shortcomings? You wouldn't appreciate that, would you, ladies? Ladies, you are poisoning your marriage if the only view you hold of your husband is negative or low. The relinquishing woman, she refuses to compare her husband to other men. It is unwise to measure and compare People against people. Why? Because you're measuring and comparing two imperfect things. It's useless. Some ladies subtly put their husband down by praising how wonderful another man is. Oh man, he's such a great this, he's such a great dad, oh my goodness boy, he's, I really wish you were more like him. I mean man, you, you can you can talk about another man or talk about other men as if they're Jesus Christ. But you know what your husband's thinking? He's thinking, man, you never talk about me like that. <laughs> Ladies, oh, I beg you to hear me. Especially mothers of daughters. How you view, speak to, and treat your husband. Is how your daughters are going to treat him as a father. So if you badmouth him and you just out, try to outrank him and run him over and you're just gonna do your thing, your daughter is watching. And she's taking very good notes. And you know how you're gonna see the notes that she's taking? You're going to see it when you're standing in the kitchen and she undresses him right in front of you. And you go, you don't talk to your father that way. And she may not say it, but you know what she's thinking? You do. But here's what you're also doing. What you're also doing is you're also training her for her husband. And she will do the same thing to him. She comforts and encourages her husband. Ladies, be a Barnabas. I know that sounds masculine, but be a Barnabas. The name Barnabas means consolation. That means comfort. A comforting and encouraging wife is not like the contentious wife that we read about in Proverbs that is like a continual dropping of water that is so nagging and irritating. Listen, I get the business of life. I have it, I live in it just like you. I get it. There are many issues to deal with, and there are things to work through, but listen, if your husband, ladies, if he feels like every conversation has to be about the budget, and it's got to be about the calendar, it's got to be about the home projects, and all the problems, and all of your concerns, it's like every conversation is just like, what about this, and what about that, and when are you going to fix this, and we got to go work on this, and we got to work on that, and that is just all oh, the time. It's a continual dropping. It's not comforting and encouraging. You know what? There's nothing wrong. When your husband comes home, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, you know what, honey, it is, it is so good to see you. So good to see you. You know, um, I grabbed you a Cherry Limeade from because I know that's your favorite. And it's right here for you whenever you're ready for that. Also, I want you to know too that I, uh, I, I don't think you were able to catch that mini-series that you were talking about on the History Channel, but I, I, I DVR'd it for you. And so if you want to just, man, take your Cherry Limeade and sit in your chair and queue up your, 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 docu- your mini-series Go for it, man. I'm sure you've had a rough day. Ladies, sometimes husbands can feel like they are being attacked or interrogated with all of the questions and concerns that come in rapid fire. It's just not comforting. Ladies, you want to learn what your husband finds to be comforting and encouraging, and you work that. There's a time for the business. I get that. We, we talk about the budget. We talk about the calendar. We talk about the yard and all of that. And we talk about ministry. We, we got to do all. I get that. But again, there are just times where it's like, you know what, I, I don't want to fix anything or solve a problem or answer a question or fill in a blank or can we just hang <laughs> she is fiercely loyal to her husband. It is said of the virtuous woman that her heart, that the heart of her husband, sorry, the heart of her husband safely trusts in her. This is a woman who carries herself in a way that lets every man know that she belongs to one man her own husband. I remember working in the business world before I came on staff, and I remember seeing married women who treated the workplace like a runway, as a model, where every day they brought their A-plus game because they wanted to turn heads. Seeing married women flirt in meetings and getting knowledge of married women crossing the line into adultery. A wife who reverences her husband is with him, and I mean with him, until her last breath or his. Ladies, in relinquishing and reverencing, did you notice that we never said that you must do these things if you find him worthy of it? He's not, nor will he ever be. So why should you do it? I'm almost done. Look at verse 23. And whatsoever you do, do it hardly as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. That's why you do it. And that will be why the husbands will do what they are commanded to do for those same reasons. Speaking of husbands, brothers, next week is not the week for you to conveniently become ill Saturday night. I expect to see all of you here next Sunday as well. What I am going to do that's a little different today, I'm going to ask my wonderful bride to come and just wrap up. But I want to be clear, she will be addressing the ladies Okay, Brothers, you're overhearing this, but she's going to address the wives, the ladies in the room, and then she's going to pray for you, and then Mark, if we have time, we can get to the announcements
1: all right, let's pray and go, just get out. <laughs> We're done. I'm just kidding rough rough
0: morning, huh
1: <laughs> i I took good notes I good. promise <laughs> um so Hopefully, I'm not the only one that has maybe heard something to take today and um, get with the Lord. About um, I know when sometimes hearing about you know submission um, to your husbands, it's such a um, sometimes even in the Christian world that can just almost be a, a bad thing. Like it's it's a negative thing. And I think I've learned two things about about just obeying the lord in this for one it gives us protection ladies um protection from for one just being obedient to god and his word and he protects us in that way but also just protection let your husband be your head um be submissive to him and that provides protection for you and i think the other thing is that it gives us freedom there are so many things that i don't have to worry about i don't have i don't have to be the one to make choices about or I'm not gonna be the one that's gonna answer for certain things and it's gonna be him. So, okay, cool, I get to just um, follow him in that. But um, I think specifically for me, and we, we've had this discussion, hopefully I'm getting better at it, but I think the one statement about just being with your husband, um, that's something I've, I feel like I've had to really work on because I'm, I'm ready to just do do things and be busy, and what do you need, and what can I do for you, and um, I'll ask him, what, hey, what do you need something for today, and so many times, it's, man, just pray for me, and I'm like, that's it? Like, I can do a lot more than that, like, okay, I'll pray for you, but what else, what can I do, and so I can be that Martha who's just busy about many things, um, and sometimes he's like, man, just come sit and watch football with me, and so I know the Michigan fight song now, and... <laughs> We dress up for Michigan games, and you know what's cool is watching Aubrey, and she's been like this for several years. She could care less about football either, but because she loves her dad, (laughs) um, she's on Amazon. Like, she needs a a Michigan shirt. She doesn't have a Michigan shirt. She always borrows her brothers, and so she's interested in those things and wanting to make things and the cupcakes, and um, it's just cool to watch her do that and to please her dad, and hopefully that'll just be something that will continue on in her as a wife you know but sometimes when i when i think about that it's like man is that telling of my relationship with the lord because i can be um, i'm ready to just do and please and be busy but sometimes god is like man just be still and just know that i'm god and i'm like oh i have to I have to just remember and kind of fight against that sometimes and just sit and just be with the lord and so that's just the same thing with with my husband but I don't know, if I can challenge you to um, whatever you've heard today, just don't dismiss that. Um, get with the Lord about that. Um, but then not just the Lord, but then talk with your husbands. And sometimes that can be a really hard thing or uncomfortable thing. Um, it's been a blessing to be able to do that um, for years with Kenny, to just, I can talk about anything with him Um And sometimes it's, man, this is what I see, and this is what God has spoken to me about today, but is there anything else? And this is going to be a very vulnerable thing to do, but um, God will bless it. Is there anything that you see in me that maybe I could do better, something I could change, and then just be ready for what that answer is, okay? Don't fight it. Don't argue about it. Just take it, and then bring that to the Lord, too, and um, it's just, um, it's worth it. It's worth it to grow and to not ever think that I've arrived and I'm there, but I have daughter's eyes who are watching and I have a son who I want to make. I, you know, We pray he makes a, a good decision um, and a, a godly, faithful wife for him. So that's it. Can I pray? Please, for yeah. the wives. Okay. Um, Lord, what an awesome day you've created today. We thank you. We thank you for the weather and we just... Thank you for every uh, soul that is here today. God, I, I pray for every, every woman in this room here and maybe some that are online right now and some maybe later on getting online and just listening to what you would have to say to them. I pray that our hearts remain open and our minds open, that God, we don't make excuses um, and to think that, you know, man, I, never, I didn't grow up this way and I didn't have a mom who um, who helped me learn these things um, growing up. What's awesome about your word is that we can take these now and I can work on these things now um, for you and for just the betterment of my, my marriage. I pray for those who are single today, God, and that they, if they desire to, to be a wife someday, that these are things that they're, they're looking to, um, to go ahead and do in their own lives, um, that they would learn how to be with you and not just be a servant and and, uh, and just doing things and being busy, but God, they would be about um, just knowing who you are and just having an intimate relationship with you so that they're ready to be that wife that a godly man is seeking after. Um, just pray that we go through this week, um, that next week our marriages are, are even um, better and that we draw closer and closer as friends, um, husbands and wives. We just... We love you, and we thank you for your word. Thank you for truth. In your holy name I pray, amen.
0: Guys, we are out of time, so we're going to dismiss, but uh, we'll be following up this week, and we will see you soon. Praise the Lord.
1: Mm